Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. And And we're we're Gloss Angeles. Strivectin is a brand that's long been regarded as top-tier skincare by professionals of all kinds. We personally love how all of Strivectin's products are backed by science. If you're looking for an eye cream to help smooth the appearance of crow's feet and under-eye puffiness, Strivectin's new Intensive Eye Concentrate for Wrinkles Plus is proven to do so starting in just five days. To learn more, visit Strivectin.com. Hi, just jumping in before this episode starts. If you love what we're doing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes and follow us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcasting app that you're listening to. Please also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook community, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Bye-bye. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Lemon Show. My name is Thomas Tan. And I'm Philip Kuch. Coming up today, later on the show, we do have two very lovely people that we did interview named Cry Club. So we'll be joined by Heather and Jono later. But first for you, Phil, how has your week been? Um, I'm just think you need to step a bit further, a bit too close. What's the rule? 1.5 meters? 1.5 meters away <laughs> from each other. But no, guys, we, we have been kind of self-isolating each other. So I think... I think it's safe. I mean, you haven't made much contact with the outside world. No, I haven't. <laughs> you haven't. Literally, if you guys, if you see him, he, has, he hasn't shaved for like a whole week. This and his hair's looking a bit rough. Today's probably the first day I left my house in probably a week. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like going to the outside world for the first time? It was strange. <laughs> it was There's strange. people. But today, we do want to introduce you guys to a very special band that we did meet a couple of weeks ago. They are an Australian band all the way from Wollongong, Sydney, or the Gong, as they like to call it. But Tom, you're in the arts industry, so and I'm in kind of in the arts industry, I guess, by doing podcasting. But how has, uh, how's, how has the virus affected the arts industry in Australia? A lot of my friends who do gigs full-time, they are even... Because they, a lot of them do work in restaurants to play gigs, get to sing, get to work at bars and events. A lot of them are getting cancelled. So for those that need to pay rent, those that need to, you know, financially support their family, now is a very tough time for the gigging industry. Yeah, and I'm in the baking industry and also in the events industry. And a couple of my friends who also are working in the events industry have had all their events cancelled for the next two months. And so it is a very, really rough time for a lot of people in Australia. So we thought this was a very timely interview um, to introduce everyone to Cry Club, who are a very local Australian band, but also very awesome. They are extremely humble when we did meet them. They're very, very, very lovely people. And Heather is non-binary. Jono is bisexual. So in this interview, we do talk a bit or quite a bit on sexuality and just kind of life in general and how they kind of journeyed from who they were in the past to where they are now. Yeah, and I love how, the, how Heather loves K-pop because I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, but yeah, their new song, Obvious, is out right now. So make sure you go stream it on Spotify or Apple Music to show your support. They were also originally scheduled to perform at Spin in the Grass in June or July, but that's been postponed till later this year. Um, but yeah, check them out. When the situation does settle down, make sure you go out and watch them at one of their live shows because they're awesome. And here's Heather and Jono. 
So today we have a cry club. We are joined by Heather and Jono. So before we start, we normally ask, I guess, the same kind of question. So what are you guys reading, listening to or watching? Um, I am listening to a lot of, and Heather's going to be proud of me with this one, Christine and the Queens. Yeah, The new EP that just had come out. I think People Have Been Sad is so far the song of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely stunning. Um, what kind of genre is that? She's in this world of like pop music that's in that kind of like pop music as pop music. Not as like, uh, it's like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's like the like ideal of pop music where it's like whatever is cu- current. And mm-hmm. like she sounds like she's got six months to a year ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's like that Billie Eilish thing where it's like, oh, she sounds like she's like from a couple of years in the future. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Christine is like the perfect distillation of like what's currently happening in pop music. Wow. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So you guys like write sad pop music. Yeah. So yes. is there any like, um, I guess like guilty, pre- like, Guilty pleasures, like in pop music, that you, you guys are into, that you normally wouldn't be proud to say. Like I love K-pop a lot. <gasps> wow, <laughs> oh my god, I did um, not know you like K-pop. I okay, love Itzy. All right, who do you stand? Yeah, Itzy. Um, I really like uh Blackpink. Mm-hmm. Wow, G Idol. Um, not too many boy groups actually, mostly girl groups. Like I'm the BTS same. Yeah. Is- it sound it sounds like you've only gone to K-pop recently because these are all like the new generation well, K-pop. I, I yeah, like I do. I did used to really like Shiny um, and a couple of like older-ish ones, but from 2016 was when I started to get into them. Mm. Um, and I just think a lot of the new girl groups. I really like CLC as well. Like I think a lot of them are starting to be able to break out of like the real strict boxes that everyone puts them in, mm. and I'm really kind of proud of. Everyone, like, I think G Idol's doing some really cool, cool, cool stuff. You're like wow. working with like game companies, like uh, with League of Legends. That yeah. was so yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how they're breaking into like the Western kind of industry, like, because yeah. music's such a universal language, but it's only now they're doing it. Yeah. But yeah. it's fantastic. So, before we forget, like, what would you recommend? Oh, <laughs> other than K pop. Other than K pop, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, I'm listening to a lot of Dorian Electra, who I think is one of the coolest artist in the whole world and 100 Gex and Sophie. Um, I think just a lot of trans artists. Mm. I think they're doing some of the most important stuff at the moment. Like they're really pushing things really far, um, especially like 100 Gex and Sophie. Like, and Dory, all of them, like mm. they just take pop music and then push it and push it and push mm. it and push it. And it's like, I call it like the pop music of like grindcore metal and that kind of stuff where people find it a bit unlistenable or hard to get into like they do that with pop and I think it's really cool that pop music can be abrasive mm, it's like trans people are having a moment at the moment mm. it's yeah. I th- even I, listen to, I love Kim Petrus because yes. it's very poppy yeah. Yeah, totally. but even like if you think about back then like they're not many kind of prevalent no. but also talk us through because you guys also came from a place called Wollongong as well yeah. which is I did a bit of research. I go to Google last night. I was like, where's that? Hell I've yeah. heard it before. <laughs> yep. But it's 80 kilometers south of Sydney. Yes. yes. So what's that place like? Um, it's just, it has the, like, a lot of the stereotypes that you would imagine about, like, a beach town, where it's like, uh, it it was a place that had, like, a big steelworks that started to fade out and it became more of a uni town. So um, My dad used to work at the steelworks. Oh, wow. And he went <laughs> to the University of Wollongong. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, like there's this, uh, it's the feeling of a city that's like was an industrial place and has shifted towards more of a uni culture. So it's like shifting away from being like specifically about like 
that kind of industry to like mm. a more of a cultural place. So as I grew up there, I started seeing places like venues started opening. Like when I started playing music, there were like no venues that hosted local live music at all, which being in Melbourne now is like a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But like seeing it evolve over time has been a really interesting thing, but it still has a lot of that kind of like surf town kind uh, of uh, I'm I'm doing this for radio the shackers <laughs> right now love it um but yeah it has a lot of that kind of like unfortunately dude bro element but a yep. sense of culture is coming through mm. which is really nice and heather what memories do you think of when you think of Wollongong or the gong I went to, I went to uni <laughs> in the gong um mostly a lot of I studied acting at the uni which oh, is wow that's <laughs> yeah, different doing a bachelor of performance in a small coastal town is very strange um but it was like, I just, it's the place where I kind of came into my own and was, like, independent for the first time. Um, so I just have a lot of really good memories of just making friends and making art and meeting Jono. Mm. Um, How did you guys meet? Sorry? We met. <laughs> it's a good story. So I was doing the acting degree. Yep. And then when I was in my second year, the uni brought back a music degree that they had axed. And Jono was in the very first year of this new music degree, he's like a guinea pig. (laughs) And um, they were trying to, I don't know if it ever really properly happened, but the uni was trying to get all of the creative arts degrees to work together a bit more. So they decided to send a bunch of acting and music students to Japan, Mm. which was sick. Um, There was only like 14 of us across a bunch of years. Like it was basically the entire cohort of like the music and um, performance and creative arts degrees. Yeah. So we were very lucky to go. And we were sat next to each other on the plane and I had no idea who he was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I remember uh, like that, uh, like, because we caught like an, a night flight and it was like to China as like a connecting one. And I remember being in the airport and like one of my close friends from before had like sent me like this really funny but weird as hell like music video for this song called Let Me Smang It, <laughs> which is like, let me smash it and bang it. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world, but I was like, I received the funniest message I am going to receive this whole month. And I'm in a group of people that I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and I just remember, I remember being like, I can't show anyone this. <laughs> and I just remember like, uh, it's just like the, we were like s- sitting next to like the teachers. Yeah, right. it was like everyone was paired up. Everyone had their friends, and then he was watching over the garden wall. On were you watching your laptop? Yeah, we yeah. And then I was like, "Hey, I love that show." Yeah, <laughs> I cried a lot to that show. And I was like, "Hey, me too." Oh. Well, hence the name as well with the band. Oh yeah. wow! Well, there we go. Yeah, to get a little bit deeper as well, just for our audience, Heather, you identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. So, for our listeners who aren't kind of familiar with the kind of the queer lingo, could yeah. you explain what that is? Um, yeah, it's I've never really felt connected to being a woman or to being a man. Like, mm. um, I've shifted and shifted a lot. Like as I've gone through life, I was a tomboy and a super girly. Like, mm. um femme like dress up in like all pink kind of and like um dressing up super feminine and like wearing a lot of makeup and all this stuff it always kind of feels a bit like drag to me like yeah I never really connected the dots between like this is uh, how I was born and I have to dress like this and I have to look like this and uh while I was at uni I was like experimenting with like being a woman some days and a man other days and going between the two but um when I found out like non-binary, like non-binary exists, 
you can exist outside of those two categories of like yeah. man and woman. I, it changed my life. I was like, I can do that. Like I, I can kind of just opt out. Like, and it means different things to different people. Like being non-binary for some people means they're blending the two, like in kind of a hyper real, yeah, like, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, um, did you have to kind of cut, sorry, did you have to come out like multiple times too? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> um, people are usually really good at it. Yeah. Like, um, my workplace recently was actually really lovely. Um, someone I was close to at work just noticed that I had pronouns in my bio and just started using them. Wow, oh, sweet. Yeah. And then just told my supervisors and my su- supervisors were like, hey, do you want us to tell people for you? Like, because it means a lot coming from the higher ups that mm. like, here's how Heather identifies. So mm. It's really interesting because like the word non-binary, that term, it's only been used a lot recently. Yeah. Mm. So how did you come to learn to know what that term is and, and how did you learn of it? Um, Through, uh, partly through, I used to be on Tumblr a lot and it comes up, you know, like, um, Tumblr and Twitter, you can come across like a whole mm. bunch of different people. It yeah, um, used to be great for like those communities because yeah. like a lot of communities were on there, and then they killed it off recently with the, the porn thing. The porn yeah, thing. no <laughs> adult content, which is yeah. like kind of weird because um, I don't know. A lot of the queer community revolves around being okay with yourself and your sexuality and embracing that when you felt so bad about it for so long. But it was, like, at the time I was on there, it was really valuable. And I had a bunch of friends who identified as non-binary who would go out, like, full glam um, and other people who would, uh, I guess, present close to the gender that they were assigned Mm, at birth. mm. Um, And I didn't know you could do that as well. Mm. Like, um, it's all just – it's all, like, fake. You put on clothes, you do whatever. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So it made it finally made sense to me that it's like, oh, it does, like it doesn't really matter what I put on my face or how I choose to appear. Like, I know how, what I connect with and how mm. I feel. Um, and yeah. w- did your parents kind of feel – how did they react to it? I'm not out to my parents. Oh, I'm going to um, keep this hush. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like, they probably won't listen to this. <laughs> um they live in China, so they probably can't listen to it. Um, oh, wow. Very long story. You're full surprises. <laughs> <laughs> there's a um, lot of backstory here. Yeah, a lot of, there's a a lot lot. of cry club lore yeah. going yeah, on. Yeah, so much. But um, uh, they, uh, it's just something they haven't responded well to in the yeah. past, and they they struggle understanding, understanding like binary, transgender yeah. Yeah. things. Yeah. So I think the concept of trying to explain it to them wouldn't work at all. And um, it's like that toss-up every day. You're like, do I... It's why I didn't come out at work at first because it's like, do I want to come out and then deal with people mm. being like real awkward yep. every day? Yeah, people meaning well but misgendering you and then being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, just hit me next time I do. It. Oh my god, I can't. I'm so. I, oh, I just. I'm. I didn't mean. Yeah, I'm like. I'm really just trying to serve this person. Like, you don't have to carry on. We're um, at work. We're at work. <laughs> so this is a strike. Um, wow. Yeah, but. Uh, and like the other end of it is like weighing it up, like what's <laughs> what's the safest option, you know? Like, mm. um, it's so interesting though because like you're you do a lot of interviews and mm. you're out as a yeah. non-binary person. Yeah. So how does it not get back to them that with what you're doing now? <laughs> I just think they don't get it. <laughs> like, and but they is it just like a 
Is I think it's like China. Work? Like China has yeah. like strict. Do you think that you can't even go on Facebook in China? Yeah. So I doubt it's going to reach China unless you like use like a VPN or something. And are your yeah. parents? W- they live in and work in China. My dad works there. Uh-huh. Yeah, he works in Shenzhen. Um, and I've been over there a few times. I fucking love it. It's, yeah, it's a great. It's, it's a great. It's so big. It's gorgeous yeah. and like just the lifestyle there is crazy. Like everything's on all yeah. the time, and it's ugh, I miss it all <laughs> the time. And it's a very complicated thing, and it's very hard. Like especially all the stuff we're doing at the moment. Um, a lot of them, uh, my parents can't access it because they've cracked down on everything at the moment with like coronavirus and yeah. stuff, which yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too stressed. Yeah. <laughs> they like I just think that they. Uh, just at an age where they can't really comprehend it fully. And mm. if they want to ask me about it, they can. I yeah. feel like they probably know and they just haven't brought it up. Yeah. Because, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and for yourself, Jono, are your yeah. parents in China too or? No. <laughs> no. I've got uh, a mum just further down south in Melbourne and my dad lives in like absolute whoop whoop in yep. like yep. New South Wales. That's like... Uh, when my parents split up, it was uh, I was like uh, like a little kid, and Mum was like, "Okay, your dad's buying a farm and all that sort of stuff." And me being like so little, I didn't really understand that like exactly how a divorce worked out. I was just like, "Does that mean he's getting a tractor?" <laughs> <laughs> a Lamborghini? Yes. yes. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like uh, he, he, when he was buying his most recent tractor, he was like looking around, and there was like one one place had a Lamborghini tractor, but it was like. The horsepower wasn't enough for a lot of the other guys around there because they're really like macho about yeah, their yeah. tractors because yeah. they're like they, they cost like the same price as a house does. They're like Damn. they're horrifically expensive. So if you're spending that much money and you're you're concerned about having enough horsepower, oh, <laughs> it's like and if, you, if your mates are gonna judge you because you don't have enough horsepower in your bloody tractor. Um, <laughs> Then, You're too good at that. <laughs> then, then it leaves open the space for someone who doesn't care about that posturing yeah. to go like, yeah. well, I'm going to score the sickest deal because this place is losing money having this tractor sitting here. So he's got he's got his Lambo now. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe your dad has a Lamborghini. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should yeah. ask if you can take it out. Yeah, take it out for a spin. I was like the first thing I learned how to drive was a tractor. So I'm like, yeah, let's wow. do it. Country boy getting yeah. lit. Yeah. Oh, so how do you identify? Um, I am a... A uh, bi cis white man. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's like, I think with Heather's like kind of exploration with their identity, it's like for me, a lot of like my experiences growing up, like trying to like, I think there's a like a, a large generation of like young men who are trying to figure out what their relationship with masculinity is mm-hmm. and and what parts of it they want to like challenge and what parts they want to accept. And I think, uh, like, uh, a lot of that sort of stuff has kind of, like, played out in me trying to figure out who I am and just trying to go, like, okay, which parts of that are, like, the cooked end of things. Like, me making, like, the macho posturing stuff before. It's like, I, it's not me. Mm. Like, I'm, like, I'm the... How does, like, Wollongong yeah. kind of, I guess, feel towards people who are queer? Is it kind of an open-minded place or...? It's it's a bizarre combination of like there's some really positive spaces and then there's just the people who are just like completely just unaware yeah. of that yeah. whole world. Yeah. So in being unaware of it, there's like the pile of ignorance that mm. shows up with that unintentionally or otherwise. Like, so it's like it's it's a bizarre thing where it's like there's the most amazing supportive network, mm. and then directly next to it is just like people who just like completely don't get it. Yeah, yeah. there is a bit of a bubble, which is nice. Like, um, 
There is a night called Queer as Fuck, Queer <laughs> AF. It's so subtle. Really <laughs> so subtle. Um, yeah. Which is run by um, Pablo, who is a drag artist and DJ. It's incredible. Oh, wow. Um, Pablo yeah. is in like the Brazilian Pablo? No. 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 <laughs> drag queen? Yeah. I yeah. wish. Um, yeah. Uh, so like they run these really out and proud nights, like drag nights for like anyone who's really weird and queer can come along to it, which is cool. Um, and I always felt that there was a, a network there, which is better than nothing, mm. like which I, you find sometimes a lot of. Um, smaller, like, regional towns don't have anything. Yeah. yeah. So is that where a lot of, like, queer people in Wollongong go to experiment with their identities and sexuality? I think um, it's mostly people who are already out. Like, there is quite a community of, like, out people. Um, it's small, but it is there, and it's kind of expanded since I've left mm. uni. So mm. so we, we kind of touched on, on a bit, but mm. we just celebrated Mardi Gras over the weekend. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And Mardi Gras is all about inclusion, diversity. Yeah. Um, but I really want to ask you guys, like, what were your experiences with the community, the queer community growing up? Um, I didn't really have a lot of experiences with it as a kid, aside from just, like, I don't know, watching, uh, what's the show that's on Netflix now, but Carson Cressley. Oh, Queer uh, Eye? Queer Eye, Queer Eye yeah. mm. was probably like, my, like my first exposure mm. to like uh, queer people in like m- media and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I just have like such a positive memory of mm-hmm. like b- like being a kid being like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Is Great. It, is it confusing? Because I guess like a lot of people, there's a lot of myth out there about bisexuality and stuff yeah. like that. So for you growing up reading that sort of thing and – you know, being confused whether you're like girls or guys. Yeah. How did you deal with that? I think for me, there was like a whole thing of like, uh, like I remember I had a partner at one point who was like, oh, do you think you're bi? And, and I was like, oh, nah. And it, like the reaction was like, oh, cool. That means I don't have to be jealous towards other people mm. as well. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> it was just like, I think I'm just at the point now where it's just like, uh, it's, it's as much as like the like that was kind of like a hurdle for me to get over in terms of like understanding who I was, but I I always never really cared about it too much. Like it all it always just been like a, oh this is it this is what it is. Mm. But I think a part of a big reason why is because I've been surrounded by a lot of queer people in my life. Mm. It's like I kind yeah. of like joke about how everything I do musically is because of lesbians, uh-huh. but it's like. Kind of true. <laughs> like we, we yeah. just watched this TV show on Netflix called Love Is Blind, and yeah. there is a bisexual guy yeah. in that in that show, and it's a dating show. So yeah, about those eight episodes of a build up towards him coming out as bisexual to his partner. Mm. Yeah, is that the experience that is realistic in in real life for for someone like that? Is someone like you? I mean, I think I I'm very lucky now that I have a partner who was just like. It was just, it's the world we live in. Like, Mm. it's, like, I'm surrounded predominantly by queer people. Like, before Heather had, like, figured out, like, the non-binary stuff, I was, like, Mm. one of my housemates was non-binary. So I was just, like, I remember them telling me, I was like, oh, do you mind using these pronouns? I'm like, yeah, see, easy. Yeah, he did it, like, straight away. Wow. John, I was the first person I told. Yeah. And it was just, like, it's, like, there's, I, like, I feel really grateful for the generations of people before us who have put so much time, effort, mm-hmm. and and like thinking about Mardi Gras, like it as a protest event. It's like I feel really grateful about that sort of stuff to the point where it is such a casual thing, mm-hmm. at least to me at this point, where I'm like, oh, this just is what it is. And for yourself, Heather, um, 
navigating, I guess, life as someone who's non-binary, has there been any kind of experiences that kind of led you to kind of think a different way than everybody else? Because I was looking at one of your songs, um, Walk Away, because you guys had an experience, especially about the gay plebiscite that happened as well. So (laughs) has anything like that ever kind of occurred, especially especially towards someone who's non-binary? I kind of, I was thinking about it the other day. It's kind of like, I'm left-handed as well. And there are points where you like pick up something and you're like, oh, it's not designed for me. And so being non-binary is like walking around the world being like, oh, that's not, no one thought of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, and like, obviously being left-handed is no problem. (laughs) 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 Whatever. I'll just use the scissors in my other hand. But um, yeah, there's like always, it's, it's stressful. At work sometimes, like, they just put in an inclusive bathroom, which is really nice. And even, like, uh, we we, we want to have uh, gender-neutral bathrooms at all of our events. Um, and most of the time, venues will, like, put a sign on the door on both of them. It's like, it's all gender-neutral. But I still can't walk into, like, the men's bathroom um, without people being like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I'm like, it's gross in here. I might just go in the other room. Yeah, the other room is probably more clean anyway. Yeah, right? Sometimes I walk in and I'm like, I am going to be in here. I am allowed. And then I'm like, ah. I don't want to be in here. I don't want to be in here. It smells. I just want the option to. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes just, it's weird. Yeah. It's it's just, yeah, like hard. Um, It's little things every day. Have you ever came across anyone that was really against using those pronouns for you? Yeah, um, my friend's partner, which is really sad, who is kind of like an older like boomer? guy. Not a boomer. <laughs> I'd say like Gen Xy. Yep, yep. Um, who was just like, oh, it's kind of a slippery slope, don't you reckon? Like if we, people have to use these pronouns, like we'll get sent to jail and – yeah, it's really weird. Oh like, gosh. what if what if it's illegal for me to misgender you and you send me to jail? I'm like, hey, that's not how it works. <laughs> B, that's not how it works. Um, yeah, super resistant. Like, why? Why? I don't get it. Um, a funny one was my friend's mum, who is Spanish, and she was just like, that doesn't make sense. Like, what? But we have these words. Like, why? Mm, like, from yeah. a... a it, it, that you do run into problems, like, overseas. A lot of European languages are, like, gendered languages. Super so gender. you talk about oh, the yeah. feminine mm. table, for yeah. example. Yeah. Well, it's so – even German has a neutral pronoun, but shit's still gendered. Yeah. Like, a microwave is a girl. Yeah. Oh. Like, I, I, I saw a post on Twitter today of, like, what it's like, like a, like a non-binary experience. It's like, you, you translate the term non-binary into French, and there's non-binary – the masculine version oh. and non-binary, oh the God. feminine version yeah. because it's wow. la and le. It's so. really bizarre. <laughs> and, like, you see that most resistances come from, like, older people, um, which, like, within the queer community, which is sad. Like, mm. that's where I've had a lot of resistance, yeah. um, mostly from guys. It's interesting, huh? The, mm. Yeah. How the queer community is very resistant. Yeah. I was actually talking to Tom the other day yeah. because we're talking about, I guess, like, we're talking about my dating experience on <laughs> Grindr and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And you'll come across, like, people on Grindr who are really, like, non-inc- non-inclusive yeah. for a community that is supposed to be inclusive. Yeah. Like, you know, if you go on there as an Asian, you'd be like, you'll see people write, no Asians, no Indians, That's whatever. And, yeah. and it's just sad to think that... Hashtag mask for yeah. mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so sad to see a community that is supposed to be inclusive not be inclusive. Yep. Right. Yeah, even though yeah. we've been fighting for something like this for, like, decades. It, it gets into that, like... The like hurt people, hurt people kind of stuff. Yeah. Or it's like it's a it's a real bummer sometimes. Mm. But it's just like hopefully we can just see it as like a as like even if it feels slow at times, like 
an ascending thing mm. where we are making progress mm. in that world. Mm. Yeah. But let's talk about the marriage plebiscite because yeah, totally. I know, I know for me personally, you know, for me, that was a really hard time as someone in the queer community because, you know, you'll see all these ads on TV saying, you know, that they're trying to get, they'll give you human rights pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I want to talk about, because you guys did write a song about, about yeah. it as well. So can you tell me a bit about your personal experience during mm. this time? I have my one of my main memories was like walking out of the studio one day and just seeing like a skywriter start writing something and it was like a couple of days after someone in Sydney had like sky like paid for a skywriter to say vote no, <gasps> like it, so it was like across all of Sydney oh my God. was like mm. in the sky vote no. I remember walking out of the studio one day seeing that starting to be like written and being like ah oh, fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and just like it just. Just got in the car and just drove mm. away because I was just like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. I um, I have uh, an aunt who was just wildly homophobic um, just for really weird reasons. She's like, my marriage sucks. Why would anyone want that? You don't want that. I'm like, I would like the opportunity for a marriage to suck. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, just coming up with like yeah. excuse after excuse. Exactly. I'm like, like, I was actually like – for us, I'll like I probably won't get married for a while, but yeah. like even just having the opportunity to have the chance to get married, that like yeah. that's important. Mm. Yeah. yeah, give me the chance to yeah. get divorced. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like it's it's very weird. It's like everyone should have the same opportunity. Everyone should have a fair go. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this, um, um, what happened in that conversation? Uh, it was a lot of she's quite a crazy Facebook user, yep. you know, like always sharing like. Love the country, I'll get out kind of stuff. Um, and I, like, just hid her from my feed for ages. But I'd post stuff like, hey, like, why are you voting no if you know me? Like, mm. this is really important to me. Like, this affects me as a person. Like, you're, you, like, there's no way around it for you to vote no and, like, look at me and tell me why. And she'd always be in the comments arguing with people. Yep, yep. Um, and she I was like, like a troll. she really, <laughs> she kind of is a troll. But I was like, she's family. Like it's very important to me. Like my, I have a big family, and I, it's important. Like that sense of community is something that's really important to me. So I was like, let's go have coffee, and I'll sit down, I'll talk to you face to face about it. Because um, I don't want to argue. I just mm. I find that being kind to people is like the most important thing. And I was like, I'll give her the opportunity to say like whatever she wants to say. And I will talk to her really calmly about it. Um, and it was just like, yeah, the same stuff all over again. Like, uh, why would you want this? Why do you want this? Like blah, 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 blah. Is she I don't religious? Know. No. Oh. That's the, like, you know what I mean? There's no excuse. She literally had no excuse. She's like, oh, there's some, I work with gay people too. I'm like, okay. That's and? That's <laughs> like saying I'm not racist because my friend is black. Yeah, yeah. It's literally that. And I was like, it was so frustrated. It just went over and over and she was like, I love you, but, and it's like, you just don't. Mm. Like you, you, you're just not willing to budge and you and then in the end, she was like, I've already voted. And I was like, are you joking? <laughs> she scams yeah. you. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, bye. I'm like, I'm going. This has yep. been a huge waste of my time and you're not willing to listen to me yep. and I've been listening to you and, like, you're not tre- – I'm just still your, like, little, like, your brother's mm. kid, you know. Has um, that changed your relationship with your aunt? Yeah. I, I haven't talked to her, so which sad. is sad. Yeah. Not that, like – I haven't tried to be civil or whatever, but, like, I never see her at family events. Yeah. Mm. And, like, her, like, my cousins as well, I, like, don't talk to them anymore, which just sucks. Like, it's not something I tried to do either. 
you know, I was just like, well, we're family, like this sucks. You wasted all my time. I feel really bad, but I'm not going to whatever. And then when the vote went through and it was yes, she's like, oh, well, like when's the wedding? <laughs> I'm like, you're not invited. <laughs> she lost the free food at the wedding. That's the that's yeah. Yeah, 100%. If I, like, if I ever get married, she's not coming. And yeah. I'm like, I just, I don't, here is the cause and the effect. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's bizarre. I don't know. I'd love to have an elastic brain like yeah. that to do all the gymnastics that she was doing in her <laughs> mind. But yeah. There will be more juicy conversations after the break. But first, here's a word from today's sponsor. So, I have some questions. Yes. Mm. So, what is sad pop? Oh, <laughs> like um, something that you can cry and dance to at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of that. Yeah. I cry so much. and It's just like soundtrack so that you don't make yourself sadder. But you can just cry. <laughs> it's like when you're on the bus and then even though the track is so good, like you look out the window oh, and you yeah. have this music yeah. reader playing in your head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> immediately transported to yes. like rom-com moments. Yes, always. <laughs> so you write all your music based on being sad. So what happens when... <laughs> and angry. And angry. So what happens when you're not sad or angry? It's, I think for us, like our big thing is just like being... Like, a lot of our songs just come from a place of honesty. Mm. So it's just about where we're at in that moment or it's, like, whether or not it's, like, a specifically positive or negative emotion, as long as we're, like, as honest about where we're at yeah. as possible, then we tend to be – tend to do okay. And if we're not um, feeling very specifically about a certain thing, you get songs like Robert Smith where we tried to come up with something to be angry about or do something and then at the end of the day it was just, like, I kind of want to just be that bitch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do a song about, like, what's, let's just be egotistical or, like, I don't know. Like, I want to be like Robert Smith. How cool would that be? Let's just do a song about that. You guys didn't start a long time ago as well. So it's only recently. You guys are pretty much getting momentum pretty quickly as well. Uh, yeah. So then when I was doing more Googling and more research, like, you guys got featured on um, Triple J's Unearth. And yep. also was that um, Big... Big Sound, was it? Yeah, Big Sound, yeah. yeah. So then you were play, um, you had a gig with um, Tones and I, I think on the same night or? Yeah, we were playing the same night as Tones and I, yeah. which, I, or was it no, specifically the we, same we played the but, night after, I think, yeah. but the same stage. Mm. Yeah. It's it's such a funny one because it's like, there's, it's like I've been playing in bands for like 10 years now. So it's just like the experiences of d- having done all that sort of stuff have like taught me the things now that help us out. Like from like just no, like a big thing is just like knowing who we are and what mm. we want to achieve. And like if you're really honest about that sort of stuff, like that seems to be the thing that slows people down the most. If like if you want to be the indie cool DIY band that's just doing that, then don't worry about the mm. other stuff. Just be a cool indie DIY band and yeah. you'll be successful in the way you want to be successful. But if you want to be a pop band and you want to do certain things or be transgressive in certain ways, if you're honest about that, then you're able to like get past any walls that are like oh but i'm supposed to be cool and diy whereas like Mm. if you just go like i'm just gonna be who i am and be honest about it and clear about what my intentions are then everything kind of becomes like a little bit easier yeah it's true Mm. because when i look at um 
I guess Triple J artists or the the indie like te- yeah. or the alternative artists. Totally. What I also find as well, I'm not sure if it's true, but when the artists do become a lot more mainstream, mm. a lot of their fans starts hating on them, which is pretty sad. Totally. The, the more popular, do you guys find that like even for yourself, like the more bigger you guys are becoming, are your fan bases changing, or are you kind of afraid that's going to happen? I'm not afraid because um, I know that everything we do is fueled by what we're excited about, and already. We have such a wide variety of stuff. Like if you compare Two Hearts to Robert Smith and like to DFTM, all of that, all four of those songs are completely different. And we're going to keep doing that. Like we don't want to be kind of pigeonholed into one genre or one idea of what we are. Like all we can do is just do what we really, really believe in and what we really love and what we really want to do. Yeah, it's sad that people, you know, think that artists get big and then like sell outs or whatever because there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't have control over I think Tones and I is so cool I think it's yeah. fun to hate on her but she's like so chill mm. and she just really loves her music yeah. she's such a sick hang yeah. uh, like but it, it gets into so much stuff where it's like that that sense of like ownership that audiences have over bands or perform like artists in general, or it's mm. like that sense of like, oh well, I saw them when they were like is a baby band, and now yeah. they're doing this yep, different yep. stuff. But as I think to me, as long as the band stays like or the artist stays authentic to who they are, that that then the things don't cause too many problems. Like there, yeah. you see bands who become like these gigantic, like I don't think anyone's looking at Tame Impala going like, oh, they sold out. It's like, <laughs> no, no, Kev's just making the kind of music mm. that he likes. Mm. Or like 1975, I don't think, like they're one of the largest and most kind of important bands in the world right now. And I don't think anyone would really accuse them of selling out because they're being pretty honest with who they are. And I think if you ask them, they'd be like, yeah, we want to be the biggest band in the world. But from people who, uh, like, are honest with their intentions, that doesn't come across as, like, sellout to me. Yeah. That comes that, that comes across as, like, honesty. Mm. Whereas, like, you want to be a big stadium band, so be a big stadium band. Yeah. And, like, do the things that lead you down that road and have, like, a consistent artistic vision. Like, there's all this really exciting stuff that comes from that that being honest thing. So I think if you're a band that wants that kind of stuff, and you're working really hard on it and you're working on the songs and all that sort of stuff. And then if some of that stuff starts coming, I don't think – like there would be the people who would be like, oh, I remember when they used to play to 50 people and it was sick. But then when they're playing to a couple of thousand, they'd be like, oh, hell yeah, this is more what they were wanting <laughs> yeah. Yeah, eventually anyway. And you guys are like kicking goals. Like <laughs> you guys are performing at Splendor. Yeah. Fact, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. crazy, guys. <laughs> yes. It is pretty crazy. <laughs> like how big is it? Like, it's a pretty big crowd, right? It's like – 50,000 people. 50,000. Oh, my goodness. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, we started the year and I was like, okay, cool. What are like things we'd love to do, like real pipe dream kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, number one was Splendor. Like we can't like just press the Splendor button and mm. just make it happen. <laughs> and we, we brought it up with our team. We were like, we know it's a long shot, but we would really love to do Splendor. So even if it's just guiding the release strategy of stuff, it would just be nice if we gave that the best shot we could. And then literally like – Two or three days later, uh, there's an offer in your Slack. Oh, <laughs> it's like, <amazing. laughs> and then yeah, it just kind of came through, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. The secret is real. Vision boards are real. Yeah, I'm about it now. Manifesting things is Meditation. real. Meditation. Yeah. So it it's been it's been really nice, but it's just like it's it's just part of part of it. 
Are you are you scared at all? I'm terrified. <laughs> I am terrified. We're on the Sunday, so uh-huh. it's like I've got two days of not yelling, not drinking, not talking too much, uh, being very chill. Um, yeah. random, random question, but like, do you guys, because you guys are performing at such a big music festival, yeah. do you get to have like a, what do they call it? Like a writing? Writer? Be, a writer where you get to request stuff in your green room? Oh. Do you have oh, yeah. So you have a writer even like with earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, for us, it's just like a bit of a joke. Because <laughs> yeah. like, we aren't like... A lot of people who do like big writers, they're, they're like multiple cases of beer, mm. all these different spirits, glasses, bottles of wine, like yeah. the X Y Z thing, and we're like, oh, it's just I don't know. I'd really like some coconut water and butter menthols. <laughs> it's just yeah, we're not really like a kind of smash a six pack of beer, go on stage kind of band, you know? Like we um, uh, the live shows, everything. So. The writer is mostly like, oh, we'd really like some food, like some hummus and <laughs> strawberries, and like I really like coconut water and maybe some beer if you have it. Wow, yeah. so low key. Like other artists are like, you know, I want water shipped all the way from Fiji. Uh, oh, no, yeah. I'm not fussy. Are you gonna try and water. test the limits with um, <laughs> I think um, <laughs> they probably have bigger people to worry about. Like I'm not sure. Festival writers sometimes they'll just be like, we're just gonna provide food and coffee and everything backstage. You can have as much as you like. Like, rather than getting us specific things. Right. Yeah. If they have coconut water, I'll be really impressed. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a friend who worked, I, I think it was Soundwave, as someone who was, like, sorting people's writers and all that sort of stuff. And Marilyn Manson's room had to be, like, head to toe black. <gasps> had That's to be, so like, like, drape. Like, wow. they had to, like, go into the green room before he got there and, like, drape everything with this black fabric. <laughs> Black M and M's, like the whole thing. Just, I think it when you're at that stage, you you live in a world so separate yeah. from standard social norms that you're just like, well, I can have these things, yeah. so why not? And I'm I like, just, oh. <laughs> it, 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 it really, I really dislike that attitude yeah. because it it's like we're really grateful yep. for yep. everything yeah. that's come up, and we're going to continue to work really hard for more stuff. And the idea that you're playing, you're being like kind of a dick about all this sort of mm. stuff is just yeah. kind of really antithetical to, like, the work ethic yeah. that we're yep, trying to yep, have. Yep. And at the end of the day, like, someone has to do that for you. You yep. know what I mean? If you're like, I want a black room, some poor intern mm. has to go out and get all the stuff you want, yeah. do everything. Like, we um, played a gig recently and, like, we were just asking about, like, hey, is, is there food? Um, and the guy behind the bar who was like in charge of it, he's like, yeah, I went and I, I tried to go, get pretty much everything on your list. I did this. I was like, hey, Bless. thank you so much. Like, I, it's just, I don't know if it's from working in like the service industry yep. or anything, but you just remember that like most things, like to put a festival together is huge. It takes so many people and to put shows together, like it's just coming back to like having, I don't, like just a decent, like a little bit of respect <laughs> for people who are giving you the opportunity to do this is really important to me. Yeah. You guys are super humble and <laughs> extremely hardworking. And what I want to talk to you guys about, your new single, Obvious, yes. is dropping yes. this week. <laughs> you know, talk to us about Obvious because we're excited for you guys. Yeah, thank you. It was the absolute hardest song to write that we've ever written. <laughs> How yeah. come? Uh, the chorus had took, it's like a, some sometimes songs come really easy and you're like, wow, this song came so easily. And then other times like songs can be like quite difficult where I was yeah. like tr- cracking the chorus and making sure that felt right was really hard. And then the chorus felt so good that any verses that we had against it just weren't good enough. So it was like the the 
the example of like how much we're going to try and like really put the effort in was like that song had like five different verses or something. Yeah, we rewrote it so many times. (laughs) But to get it to the point where we were happy with it Mm. and to the point where we were like, cool. Yeah. So so you guys mentioned that you guys want to be in a box with your music. Totally. So with this new single and the album that's coming out, what kind of sounds can we expect? (laughs) I think... It's like, I don't want to give this, like, this. I like the idea of it being like something that you could spoil. Like, because. Album spoiling. Like, the the range of the stuff that we're working on, I think I would really love, like, for someone to sit down with it and go, like, I'm going to listen to this thing and then actually genuinely be surprised. Yeah. And stuff like that, where it's like, I think with singles, it's really fun to be able to go, like, and here's, like, a hard right turn. Like, I was putting out Robert Smith after Two Hearts. I think there were a lot of people who were like, what? <laughs> so then to be able to put out Obvious Next yep. is like a really exciting thing as well to just go like <laughs> But before we wrap up um, yep. thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We like to ask all of guests the same questions. Amazing. So the first one is who is someone you want to follow on social media dead or alive but doesn't currently have social media? Yeah, I'm I think Anna Nicole Smith would be really <gasps> oh, interesting. that's a great one. Um, I don't know. I'm, I came across a picture of Courtney Love. It was like Courtney Love and Avril Lavigne who's like smoking a dart, which is very hilarious Iconic. to me. <laughs> um, yeah, Courtney and then Anna as well. And I just, like, it, she was, it wasn't like that long ago. It was only like last mm. decade, I guess, that she passed. But, yeah, I think it would be really interesting to see someone like that, like what her relationship to social media would be. Mm, I think um, it would have her life would have turned out a lot different mm, if she had social media. She might. I think it would give me a bit of like Amanda Bynes vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah. is like um, I love Amanda. Um, yeah, yeah. I I wish like it's. I feel like it's like a flip on the question, but I would have loved to have seen the Britney Spears social media in that phase, 2007, uh, yeah. like that <laughs> that kind of like where everything was falling apart, but it was actually just her taking control of her yep. life. Yeah, that whole thing about like how she shaved her head and people were like, "Whoa, Britney's gone crazy!" But it was actually she wasn't allowed to leave the house until she'd sat through like an hour of hair and makeup. Mm. So she was like, "Well, if I don't have any hair." There's no hair for them to fucking work on, is there? <laughs> yeah. So her being able to take control of her life in yeah. that kind of way, I feel like if we'd seen that from her perspective a little bit more, we'd have been able to understand mm. that in a very different way. Because I think there's still so many people that have that kind of like perception of like, whoa, Britney just went crazy for mm. a while there. Like, Haha, I'm feeling like 2007 Britney today. Mm. <laughs> Even now, like just think about her, her socials now, yeah. it's still quite controlled. Yep. Hashtag yeah. Hashtag free Britney. Free Britney, yeah. Turn <laughs> <laughs> into the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. And for the second question, yeah. or the last question, what is something you must do every day regardless of how busy you guys are? I've got mine. Go. I start the day. I wake up, I get dressed, I get in the car, I go to 7-Eleven, and I get a dollar coffee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. I, I rate their coffees, and I, like, uh, Tina, who's our live drummer, is, like, a barista who is, like, like I, I mean this in the most loving way possible, a coffee snob. Yeah. And because she knows exactly everything about coffee, and but for me it's, like, the idea of getting out of the house as soon as possible. Mm. So if I'm dressed, ready to go, and can be in public as soon as I can in the morning, then I kind of have started my day. Mm. Like I find starting the day really hard. So if I can be in, if I can be at Seven Eleven with my keep cup and spend a dollar and go home with my coffee, it's like that's my mm. like grounding force. Are you an iced coffee person or like a hot coffee? I I became 
I got into the world of coffee through their iced coffees, Ooh. so I am always going to be indebted. But <laughs> I am on like the like a flat white from. Oh wow! Dollar flat white, a single sugar. That's, <laughs> that's good. Starts that's my day. <laughs> I just start my day right. <laughs> and for yourself, Heather. Um, I'm still thinking about it. Um, I there's like really nothing um that I do consistently every day. So it's very hard. Besides, like listen to music. I think maybe that, like, mm. listen to something that excites you. Yeah. Because um, there was a period of time where I, like, was just not interested in, like, I was just making it through the day. I was really sad. And now that I've, like, kind of hyper fixated on a bunch of really cool artists that I love, which is, sorry, it's a little bit more philosophical than the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to be, like, I have nothing. I have nothing except my brain most days. Um, and yeah. K-pop. And keep up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, guys. No, been of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been such an incredible chat. And we're so excited to hear the song when it's out. Yes. And the album, which is Ladies Show, is that right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, facial gestures from us because we yeah. can't fully can't confirm things. But we're going to. We're going to. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to be like Whitney Wood, trying to get the tea out of there. Yeah, that's fine. So totally. Hard. <laughs> still, we have a firm grip <laughs> on the cup. Yeah, there are things happening. But definitely guys If you are listening Please check out Their new single Obvious And hit them up On social media On Instagram And Facebook Yeah thank you so much We'll catch you Very soon again Yeah perfect Awesome Bye Bye bye